0: Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who met his wife while training for the 400 meters in Seattle, and is eating gluten-free while lusting after bread, Dave Denniston. I'd like to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor, Locum Story. Are you curious about locum tenums and how it might fit into your career? At locumstory.com, you can hear firsthand stories about the different reasons physicians choose locums and how it works for them. Visit locumstory.com to learn more. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping doctors like you slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, on the last two episodes of the podcast, been talking about that good, great passion of mine, Land, and had a couple of guests that our next guest knows well. We had JT Olmstead on, and before that, we had Jaron from Land Mavericks on, and both both those guys are doing really cool things. And this next guest is a returning guest. He last came on three years ago. And he's really pushing what I feel is kind of the edge of this land business, and he's evolved. He's doing some new things, trying to trying to change up the game and and provide value to people. I think he's probably one of the hardest working people that I know. Uh, I, I feel, I try to aspire to uh, be like this guy in, in some of the ways that I, I do. Please help me welcome back to the podcast, Justin Sleva. Welcome back, Justin.
1: Dave, thanks for having me back. I Well, two things on that, you know, you said that I got actually a little nervous. I was like, man, it's been three years. How many, how many podcasts come and go during that time? So my hat's off to you for continually putting out the content for your listeners and providing that, those resources for them. But then secondly, I was like, how many guests do you actually get to circle back with that kind of time period and go and, and you get to see full circle what they've done and did they really do what they said they were gonna do and it kind of puts that trust factor into play. So I, I I do appreciate you having me back on the show.
0: Totally, totally. Well, I think what's fun about our journeys separately is they're they're similar yet so different in so many ways. Like with me, I came through the the Podolsky Land Geek program, and you came through the Land Academy program. We almost started around the same time, right? I think it was 20, 2016 for yes, you, 2017?
1: Right. Yeah, 2016, right.
0: We, we practically started right around the same time. And um, you really you know focused, as we talked about the last podcast, on a lot of cash flips. And not that you were against terms, you used them sometimes, but that that's primarily how you did it. And then when we had our initial podcast, you had gotten into deal funding through Plum. So not only were you doing land investing, you're also doing deal funding, which I've often said for a lot of physicians, what a great way to get involved in the land business without doing all the work. And that's evolved. And then knowing you as I do, you you got involved in more things because two isn't enough. So you, you, you got into subdividing in the time since we've been doing this podcast. You've now launched a fund, and I'm sure you have other things in the hopper, not to mention the podcast that you have and the course that you have teaching people on land investing as well, too. So kind of like me, you know, it's like one or two things isn't enough. Let's keep layering stuff on here. And despite all of that, I have to say one of the things I really appreciate about you is you're like uber responsive like if I send you like a text message like you're still getting back despite having all that stuff going on I'm like, man, does this guy ever see his wife or what?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna blame I, I it's the ADhD I think like I was talking to uh, Peyton, who's my my star acquisition manager. She was. Uh, she's walking. She's talking to me. We're having a conversation. I've texted three people. I've emailed back somebody else, and still having a conversation, and holding eye contact with her the entire time. And she's like, "What did you just do there?" And I said, "A lot. I just did a lot, Peyton." And it's. Uh, yes, I get to see my wife, and I try to turn my phone off a little bit at night. But I, I, you know, my background in the rail industry. You know, I was an ex- I was an executive in the rail industry, and you were on call 24 seven. And so for 15 years, I spent on call 24 seven. And I was stuck to, at that time we had blackberries. My last phone was an iPhone with the railroad, but you know, for the most, most of my career as a manager working my way up was blackberries, And so I was always on that running, trying to keep the, the fires at bay to keep the trains moving. Because as you know, if you've ever been stopped by a train at a crossing, you don't like that. And so whatever I could do to keep the trains moving, uh, so we never saw that stoppage, you know, we keep doing it. And so I've just naturally brought it over to this endeavor we call land. And like you said, since 2016 and just keeping that work ethic going.
0: Well, I'm I'm curious to, I think a lot of people on this podcast that have listened to other ones are familiar with cash flips and kind of how that happens. Um, you doing deal funding as as you have been for a long time, I'd be curious to hear from you. What's that like running that kind of business? You know, for physicians that might be interested in doing something like that, you know, help, help, help the, the audience out, help us out. And, and what is that like? How does it get break, broken down?
1: And, and I'll kind of give the backstory of that. And this, if you went back and listened to the episode we had previously, I, and you'll hear the same story. But in 2017, we bought an apartment complex, me and a partner I have with Plum and uh, we flipped it really quick. And he said, well, what are you going to do with your money now that we flipped it? And we, I, we, it was a small apartment complex, and we made like 175 grand in about three months. And I said, well, there's a really big need for cash for new investors. And what we found in the land niche, when we talk about real estate investors, there's always these hard money lenders, there's these big syndication groups, and there's big banks that want to loan it. But in the land niche, it's not like that. There is a need for Capital and when you talk about averages, when you talk about average American only have five thousand dollars to their name, you know you talk numbers like that. If somebody were to get a deal in, it's a great deal and it's ten grand. The average person can't handle that. So I told him at that time I wanted to take our profit and move it into these these job into these positions where we were helping these land investors that were getting started. And it, it's funny because it was we knew going into this with each land investor. If you do two or three deals with them, they should have their own money to to uh, fund their next deal if they, if they plan properly. And so what, what we found were so many guys just wanted to keep scaling so fast. And so they would take the profit, put it back in the marketing and just keep using us to keep going, to keep growing. And so for my going through this and I, I, I couldn't begin to tell you, I'd have to look at the numbers, but we've probably funded five or 600 deals. And I know you talked about cash flips from the last conversation. We, we have bought, I think our note package, our portfolio right now is worth over $1.4 1.4 million dollars amongst both the the businesses because we started having too much cash sitting because of the cash flips, and then we moved it into longer term plays with the note the note business. We saw there was a couple different needs there that when doing funding, a lot of people didn't want to put up, uh, they didn't want to offer owner financing for their partners, so they didn't know how to get out of it. So we we took that stance early on that we'll generate the note with you and we'll just handle it and buy you out at the closing table, which has kind of led us into the next. Duration with the fund, and I'll get to that, I'm sure, during this conversation. But, you know, for me, if I were to tell somebody new to how to fund deals, there's a couple different pieces. You have to be able to identify what a good deal is. And for us, we've done so many deals we can help people get out of, of problems kind of quickly, or identify stuff that may pop up that the normal person may not see. So you want to become okay with the, the asset type, understand what the data is showing you on the pricing. Uh, make sure that there's not anything that's going to trip you up like flood zones or FEMA, like wetlands, or there's going to be some weird zoning or there's not good access. So you, if you can dial in your buy box of stuff that you kind of know, you can really do well providing the money. And so since 2018 when we launched Plum, we were the first company that said, hey, we will fund anybody and it's solely based on the deal. And now, I, at any given time, there's, there's 60 or 70 people that are offering funds out there. But I think the differentiation becomes, how do you add value to that investor's business? And that's kind of where we pride ourselves in and what we can do.
0: Absolutely. Well, I think, and what a lot of people have realized in this, this deal funding space, which I'm sure you've seen, it seems like people that are new to the business often you know, will do deal funding to start out. And it's a great, great win-win for everybody. And I know your goal, which you've said many, many times, is, "Hey, hopefully they never need me again," <laughs> over over time. And it feels to me like there there's now this new niche that has come to land investing of hard money lending, which was never there before. Yeah. And how how are you thinking about that in relation to like
1: plums? So hard. I I made. A statement probably in 2020 that hard money was going to be the next thing to do in, in land. And everybody thought I was crazy because everybody was enjoying the the profit share. And I said, you know, the the problem with hard money is, and, it, and I'm not gonna say it's a problem, it's great for if I'm the investor or I have the person on the juice is if I'm the investor, the guy bringing the deal or the, the, the land buyer, not the money, the money portion of this, I'm the operator and i have to come to you for hard money i'm on juice from day one now if i if i know my product type really well and i understand the deal i can get in and get out and it can be less than having a um, a partner that's taking 50% of the equity you can come out less and make more money the problem is when something goes wrong the the money guy he's on the juice and you're you're hooked to it so if he's covered his bases and something goes wrong it falls out of contract or you have it just takes longer to sell because the market cools down that's where people in the hard money game get a little they can get in, in a little bit of trouble you know that's and that's why you, it looks so good on paper it's like oh yeah 20% hard money and a 1 point origination point i i do that all day as the the investor and they're like oh great i only got to pay 20% on the money annualized it's going to be so perfect and then it goes a year and you bought it for 100 and it sells for 125 and you only made 5 grand out of the deal and the the guy with the juice he he did really well comparatively so there's a, there's a balance you have to watch.
0: Do, do you feel that in, on the cash flip side of things because you were with a lot of different folks, uh, are you seeing things slow down nationwide or in terms of like sales times? Because here the last time we met, like COVID was like starting to happen and land went crazy. You know you could buy, buy a piece of dirt with, with the shrub on it. And no access, and someone would buy it. Well, that, that ain't the case today.
1: <laughs> no, that's it's it's not. And I, I think you kind of answered your own question there. That what are we seeing in the market? And I I have we were in a hyper a hyper market for the last few years. And what what I have seen is our stuff over five hundred thousand dollars is not selling anymore because of the interest rates where they're at. It's it's stopped unless you have the one off ten thirty one exchange. But even in that, that money's not coming in like it was because these guys aren't selling their rentals at the price they wanted to get for them because they the person that's buying it the new investor that kind of falls behind them is not or the the new homeowner that comes in and gets those rentals that for the starter home they can't cover the debt or the interest rate makes the payment too high for them so it's cheaper to rent at that point for them so we're not seeing the new money drop in on our higher end stuff the stuff that we have that's sub 150 on the sales price it's still moving but it's back to the 120 hold uh, you know time period we used to be really good at we were about between ninety-five and hundred and ten days money into money out. And we stayed that away for years until COVID happened. And then we became sixty days money in, money out. And it was it was turning so fast that we were like, wow, this this is the greatest thing ever. But now we're seeing that hold time get back into that. You see what happens on, on a typical deal for us, like I have one up here, we paid sixty-one thousand for it. All the comps show 190 to 210. So we listed it 210. We get a cash offer of a hundred. And we say, we can't take a hundred, but I'll take one thirty. So we know that we're doubling our money. They don't know that. They come back and say we'll do one twenty and we'll cat and we'll we'll close in a week. So what I've found is that you have to be a little bit more forgiving on the on your what you think it was worth versus as a business owner, am I making what I want on my return and getting in and getting out? And so we're seeing a lot of offers come in that are lower than what you would think because of the comps are showing, but they're if they're solid cash offers and you're making your money, I, my advice has been take it and move on because you're not going to hurt yourself making a profit. And it's uh, it's kind of what we've what we've had to adopt here in our business. But what we are seeing is that stuff sub 150, especially stuff sub 75 that's got great access and it has power, it's still moving. It's just your, your buyer wants a little bit better product.
0: And so if someone's deal funding or hard money lending or whatever... Yeah. You know, as, as a physician that's interested in that, like you, you really got to be careful now more than ever in terms of where and how many acres and really kind of having more knowledge. Someone like yourself, obviously, or myself has a lot more knowledge than someone that's not doing this all the time. So can, it, can this be done? Can people do it uh, as a side hustle? Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you think of doctors You know, doing this? Do you know many doctors that are doing land? as a side hustle, whether, whether Lynn, whether doing what plum does or what, whether doing what you do through land mule or me.
1: Yeah. So we've had quite a few doctors, dentists, medical sales, people come in and do it. The sales guys that have been in medical sales have, have done really well. So those are who the doctor talks to when he's coming to sell them the bolt or the, uh, the pill or on whatever part of that. But we've seen a lot of them come in and do really well with land because they, they use data and they're real analytical in that they don't get emotional on, you know, I've got to make this happen. I got to do this. And it's, and so they almost have the perfect temperament when it comes to buying land. Because if you say, Hey, it's got to have access that I can get on the property. It's got to have no flood zone or no wetland. It's got to have the owner has to be who it says it is, or you need to know who the owner is to make sure you can get clear and clean title. You know, you can set up the protocols of these are check one, check two, check three, check four. And they have the perfect temperament to follow that. It's not I'm going to be this dreamer in this abstract world that just thinks anything's going to be a good deal. You can hone in what really works for your buy box. And when you have your buy box honed in, it's not the sell that makes the difference. It's the asset you buy at the price. And if you can buy it or deal fund it less than it's worth and you sell it for what it's worth or close to what it's worth and you make a profit, then you, you've you succeeded in my opinion. Well, tell us about, about subdividing,
0: which was something we we definitely didn't talk about three years ago.
1: Yeah, subdividing, man. It's so when a lot of guys, when we started talking about this in 21, we had a live event in 2020 and we brought, uh, Trevor Provance' dad, Ed, he'd been, he's been doing it since the eighties out in West Texas. And it was kind of one of those things when we do a live event, we bring the people that we want to manifest into, right? You, you put the people that you want to learn from and you get them in an intimate setting. And so we brought Ed in and, and, uh, had him come out and he walked through, all of the business, like what they do in a couple of case studies. And we said, okay, well, how do we do this? And the first deal we did that was a big subdivide was a 2,424 acre ranch. And it was really cool for me as we took on uh, private money. So like your, your, your listeners, the doctors and such, we called our sphere people and we raised a million dollars in about three hours. The total purchase price of the property was $3.4 million we took debt on it and we were sold out of it in four and a half months. So we sold 2,424 acres. I think our exit price was just over six point seven, six point eight million 6800000 million. And in such, everybody that was in the deal got 180% cash on cash return. Uh, that means if they put 100,000 in, they got 180,000 plus their extra 100,000 back. So they got $280,000. One of the coolest things for me and I did this just kind of being the personality type that I am is one of my friends, he put in $500,000 with us and I wrote him a check back for $1.4 million and it was a personal check. I got to write it out on one of the little bitty checks and give it to him. And the cool thing about that was his profit bought his dream house on the lake. And so I, I get to remind him constantly that I paid for his dream house. And, uh, and you know so since then, we've put another 20 projects up on the board that I've been a part of and it's kind of led us into where we are today with the uh, pasture holdings, our fund. That's an sec for accredited investors fund. We're allowed to advertise it and it's giving us the opportunity to put people like your listeners into the game, but they don't have to go all in. It's not blind fund. It's uh, you get to pick the offerings you're part of and, uh, and get to kind of go on the ride with us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think normally I'm very much against this kind of thing, but having seen you over the years, you know, I kind of, welcome it in this particular case. I still believe there's nothing someone can do better for themselves than get educated and do it, I think. But if if you don't have it in you, certainly opportunities like these are a wonderful way to leverage your time.
1: Yeah. I I think for us, one of the, the big pieces is we've done, the, uh, we've done the projects. You know, like I said, we've got 20 something on the board, another four or five going right now. It's not set up in a way like you see apartment syndications where there's a bunch of fees coming in and out that you don't really understand how you're going to get paid. They tell me I'm going to get a pref. And then if there's a capital event, I might get some money back and I'm going to get a tax depreciation. Ours is pretty simple. And we tell you upfront what you're gonna get paid. We don't, we get paid on performance. That's how we've set it up for ourselves. And then I like to work in a transparency fashion. So you see the updates of what we're doing. So like one of the deals we do it, I bought it upfront and it's going to the fund, but since it's still doing a soft commit right now in the, in the fundraising we've already bought the deal. We're, we're invested in it. We're just going to bring people along so they can kind of get a feel of how they are and what they're doing with us. But it, it's, a, it's a subdivide. It's a uh, what we call well, just basically a simple subdivide, 37.4 acres that we're splitting into three acre tracks. It's 90 minutes outside of Dallas, Texas. It's got rural water power. Like we said, that the product end is going to be that sub 150 property type that we've seen is selling still across the country. And the great thing is we can offer owner financing with our note portfolio we have there as well. So we really have taken what we think the issues are and what we think the hot products are and what we're seeing across the nation still sell and we can develop the lot the product to do that, but then have all the exit strategies in place for those those that want to be and that want to buy land, but also our investors get to see you know what they're doing, how they're doing it, and where they did it. So you can pick up some of that with the transparency you see on each one of these deals.
0: And now for a quick commercial break. everyone has a story different needs, wants, and goals, and how to attain them. Your story determines your solution. Whatever your situation, your story, locum tenums should be part of the conversation. How do you find out if locums can be a good option for you? Well, start your research, my friends, by visiting an online, unbiased educational resource like locumstory.com. Now is the perfect time to explore locum's opportunities and see how it may fit into your career. The variety of options might even surprise you. At locumstory.com, you can find firsthand stories about the different reasons why physicians choose locums and the ins and outs of how locum tenens works. Get a comprehensive review of locums and decide if it's right for you at locumstory.com. And now, back to the show. One of the things that I hate about a lot of these funds is that they're incentivized to have it stick around as long as possible. You know, it's not <laughs> unusual to have like a two and 2 percent management fee, 20% of the profits being very, very typical. So help us understand you, you kind of alluded to it already, but uh, how, how is what you're doing different or is it the same as that?
1: No, it's a, that's a great question. How it's different, I'm a, we have two offerings up right now. So I'll start with the first one, which was our note portfolio. So much as you know, you've done owner financing and you, I'm sure you've talked about it to your listeners over the years. So they know that there is, there is a lack of liquidity out there for people that want to owner finance land that's, that is not traditional land. Like it's 50, 60, $100,000 pieces of property. Some people go to the bank or we can go owner financing, we can speed up the process. So what we've done with our note portfolio, we're going to tranche together Uh, where we go out and buy $500,000 worth of notes with with our cost, but we're buying them at an 18% yield. And then we're offering a 10% preferred rate on that. We don't get, we, we pay the investor first. It's amortized out and you get back a little bit of principal and your interest at the 10% rate coming back. And then we take the difference on that. So we don't get a fee outside of that. There's no management fee or anything else in there. It's, we're just, we're using our negotiation skills on the assets and managing the assets and, and then, buying it on a yield, but giving the preferred rate to the investor that has their money up for it. So uh, we had worked with a bank on buying and selling tranches of these notes and they were for it. Interest rate and prime got up. And so when the question became, why would I pay a bank 9% if I can give people that like real true hardworking Americans, I can give them 10% and it, it hasn't really changed the end of the day for me, but it does help some other people have another form of income coming in with an asset that they're in first lien position at 60 cents on the dollar or less. And so we thought that was a win-win for everybody. And that's typically what you want to look for is the solution that works for the people that you want to be in business with.
0: So and, and that kind of thing, you know usually like most of my notes go out some are one year, some are two years, but many are four, five, six years. So do we expect you know your, yours will take a while to unwind? You know, or is it does it kind of just is the idea is that it's going to be in perpetuity? You know, when does the thing
1: end? Yeah. So we have you uh, it's a minimum lockup for two years on that deal. And so if you decide to come out, we come in and cover the back end or you can sell that piece out or we re, we recapitalize it in a new tranche. When if that that fund sows, because we call that series fund one. So what you'll see in a lot of like oil and gas funds or things they will have series. And so series two might buy series one out. And then you get paid out your for your principal and your interest on that point. And if you decide to put into series two, you would just move your money over to that. So that's kind of the the exit strategy we're looking at as we build these tranches up. And for us, when we see these investors that go out there and they, you know, we would talk about cash flips and building up your cash reserves. You know, we we have the ability to buy at closing tables from them. Uh, we've trained a lot of investors how to work. And so we get the first looks at that. And then we we talked to about the subdivides a second ago. We have twenty-one people that have gone through our master class. We have another 10 that are going to get started here in into November. And they are creating these subdivisions that need owner financing. And we're buying those notes at the closing table. So we have a we're we're putting the two worlds together, the accredited investor with the operator that we've trained and and just kind of putting the platform together to give those the people that opportunity.
0: Very cool. So it sounds like one of my main gripes with a lot of these things is they last in perpetuity. People will have a two year potential exit. I suppose what the problem might be might be if the economy sucks and there's a lot of defaults, all of a sudden the you have the underlying asset, but you have to resell it. Right. Yeah.
1: And that's and that's kind of us. That's the difference in us buying it with a yield. So we target our product. So you know and I'm you have you know me, I've always full transparency. I probably talk too much sometimes but we target buying it at 18 to 20% yield. So if I'm paying out a 10% and everything goes great, then I have another 10% there. If something defaults and we sell it because we bought it at about 60 cents to what it's worth, we go through and underwrite that. That's kind of our special sauce is we have the ability to underwrite these type of assets better than I would be willing to say most people in the world. We have that put together and we have a proven track record with that. So we can come in and dispose of that asset pretty quickly through our other means. So if you know, if it's a wholesale property, we sell it 70 cents on a dollar to somebody else, Well, we're still money ahead in profit. And that goes back to the to the original investors.
0: Well, for th- those that don't know, they're listening to this. And in, in the note world in land, there's really different qualities of land. And the, the amount that you pay is based on that quality usually, which some things like a lot of stuff I do, if you've been following my journey, we don't do much in the way of underwriting at all. And and those kind of notes might sell for fifty or fifty-five, maybe sixty cents on the dollar if you're lucky, you know, with a note buyer. If on the other hand, if you're doing larger dollar amounts and you're you're doing more vetting on the buyer, you might be able to sell those things for 70 or 75 or 80 or even even 90 cents on the dollar. Would you agree, Justin?
1: Yeah, we so right now with our 18 to 20 percent yield, we're seeing some depending on the term on the note, we're seeing we're buying it about 72 to 75 cents on the dollar. Um, there's not a lot of note buyers that are going higher than that in the land space right now, but we have our underwriting that we have, we have used has been tried and true through our regular land businesses. And we, when we follow that to a T and then we go back through and have a, we have four partner or have three total partners. There's four of us with the, the fund and we have two verification checks against it. So, uh, Hey, are you saying, this is what I see? What do you see? And if they line up and they're within a tolerance, then you know, we move forward. So we, we really, we, we understand the fiduciary duty to the investors, but we don't want to be stuck with a piece of uh, land that we know is not going to be resell for what we have in it. Or we want to make a profit in the, in the event that it does default this, this underwriting process I've used on my note portfolio since 2018. And anything that has gone through this underwriting, it's at a less than a a 5% default rate. And so that doesn't mean we have some older ones that had defaulted that were outside of that, but we've only had a few default and they were usually given back, but the people walked away from uh, you know, $15,000, $20,000 from doing it. So it was really tough times for them going through COVID.
0: Well, I, I imagine worst case scenario, talking about the note portfolio, not subdivides or your other kind of funds, specifically the note portfolio. The, the main danger being that some, in worst case scenario, Everybody defaults, but that's definitely not going to be the case, but let's just say everybody defaults. Well, now you have the underlying asset still, right? You're the note holder. So you could choose to sell it for cash if you had to, the actual asset, right? Because if the note person defaults, you've taken back the collateral. So the only way this goes to zero, I guess, depends on if the fund is using leverage or not to where you can't make the, the leverage payments.
1: Yeah. And we, the first two offerings are not leveraged. And that was kind of an important part to us. So the returns aren't as high as they could be if we added the leverage play into it, but we want, we want those that are coming to work with us to understand and trust us as like, and you've, you've said a couple of times is, Hey, I've, I've known you for a long time and I've seen this thing. I want, I want anybody that meets me to have that same kind of feeling when they, they, they look through our offerings and see the returns. And I could promise the world and add a little bit of leverage here, but we, to get this thing up and going, we've put our own capital up to get the tranches bought, to get the subdivide that we talked about. And and I'll talk about that offering, how that one's broke down too. But we want people to say, Hey, we're to understand we're invested in this as well. It's not about trying to grab somebody else's capital. So we don't put our own at risk. No, we're, we're here because we want to bring cheaper, faster capital to the niche and to do so we have to put our skin in the game first. And we understand that. And that's how we've been successful throughout the years in the land space
0: and in terms of people want to check it out like this note portfolio where, where should they be going to learn more about it
1: yeah they, they should go to pastureholdings.com and then it'll say invest with us there's a button there and uh, it, it takes you to the investor portal and then you'll see all our offerings they'll have updates with them you don't you're not required to buy anything or look at it just you you are required to be a credit investor you'll go through that portion and then you can start seeing it and the cool the, the one thing that I love about this is that the offerings you can decide which ones you want to be a part of and which ones you don't like, uh, you can decide the different minimums. If it's a one's 20 grand or one's a hundred grand or, you know, whatever that may be, you can decide what you want to put in and play. And, and it's kind of, it's kind of fun because you get to look at like a, kind of a mixture of eBay or Amazon, look at this product and look at this one. Hey, you know what? I really like this one, but you know, I, I'd want to do this one too. And so once you get up and going and we get into offerings five and six and seven, and you st- you say you put in the note portfolio and you've got a $20,000 paid back sitting in your account with us, you can move it to the next offering. And so you're compounding your growth with us. And that's the, the beauty of this platform. And I know you're going to love this being the CPA. You get one K-1 at the end of the year from us. You don't get multiple. So you could put in six offerings with us that pay you and you're only getting one K-1 from us.
0: Love it. Love it. That is a big deal. Well, I'd love to know, Justin, in, in doing all these different things, one of the questions I've asked myself many times is, when is enough enough? And I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts because you've created all these wonderful things, you know, probably seven-figure businesses among all of these. Like, at what point can you personally just not, just not take on more? You know, where it's like, you know what? I'm, I'm filled. Or you have to hire some people to help run these things. My understanding of your business is, is you're doing a lot of this stuff yourself, that, that you don't have the team that I have. I have a team of like 15 to 20 people helping me out in my land business. And you're like a fraction of that. You have contractors and people that might help you do some stuff, but they're, they're not people you, you commit to paying on like a monthly basis.
1: No. So my business, the disposition side is handled all by contractors. So be realtors and brokers. Um, my land company itself, my land mule, um, I do have Peyton handles the, she handles the mail. We go over it. So what would take me, you know, two hours on a deal to get it closed. It takes me about anywhere from five to 15 minutes now. So she handles that plum is kind of a funnel in to way for me to look at more deals. And so I look at a few deals a day for that. So I kind of handle most of that, but we have started moving a lot of those reserves into uh, more notes or assets that are cash flowing. So that's kind of gone to autopilot to where we have you know, recurring revenue over the, the course of the next 15 years. And so that's the way we set that up. And, and that was the reason we did that was worked really hard at it for a couple of years and then let it kind of cruise on autopilot. And as deals come in, we, we take the best deals and put our money to work on them. Now, with Casual Fridays that's our podcast I record once a week do do podcasts like this outside of that I do some consulting and coaching on it but I do that one day a week so it I'm very managed in my times now the the question of when is enough enough I think that's my biggest probably fault as a person is finding contentment and so I struggle with that on a on a daily daily basis when it's can I add this layer to it or Everything looks like I don't want to say a problem, but I see an opportunity, and I, I feel like I'm doing the world a disservice if I don't kind of run down that that issue. Because if I'm having an issue with it, or if I find something that's a sticking point, how can I smooth it out a little bit? And I'll and I and I'll say this, and I, and it's funny to me is that Tuesday I drove up to meet with a modular home company that's a startup because I want to build, I want to be able to go vertical, but I don't want to be a house builder. I want to call a guy and say, hey, I've got these three lots that I just subdivided. I need a number one, a number two, and a number four, and I need them 30 in in three months. And they're like, okay, on the way, boss. And they're off doing it. And so what I have found for me is that if I can leverage some of those relationships with people that are already professionals in those in that craft, and I can put the relationships together, put the pieces of the puzzle together and kind of just just move the people into the right spots at times and almost chess. I'm going to say chess-esque, but not chess per se, then I'm doing, I I can continue to grow with that. So I I don't know that answer, Dave, and I kind of went on and on to know when's enough's enough. I tell people my youngest is five, and so I have another probably 13 years while he's in the house. So I'm in good health, why not work and and keep giving it all I got? But we do take time to enjoy family, and like I told you earlier, I'm dad first, so I coach the soccer teams. I put all the kids to bed. I, I lay in bed with them at night. So I don't pull away from my responsibilities as dad. But while I'm working from my my schedule is usually from 10 to 4. And then I'm just answering emails outside of that. For that six hours a day, I'm fully committed to to growing what I see the land space needs to go to.
0: One, well, what, what I would point out too, which what you're doing is incredibly smart. You often say you're, you're, you're not the, the smartest guy in the room or whatever. But I think, I think you deserve a lot more credit than than what you give yourself. Because, uh, I mean, these are incredibly smart moves. What what I would call vertic- going vertical in the land space. It's not like you're doing something I'm interested in, self-storage, plus land, plus, I don't know, uh, something unrelated. Uh, Amazon FBA business or something like like the, These skills all relate to one another. And the knowledge relates. You know, it's not an entirely different kind of business like self-storage would be relative
1: to land. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we layered on, and that was by plan. It was in, and like I say, by design, we, we layered on everything in here because they were sticking points in what was my land company. You know, when I get started, you think about why do most land companies fail? New investors fail. They don't have the money. They don't have the knowledge. They get into a bad deal and they lose it, or they can't get out of the product type that's going to allow them to grow. And so, I looked at what those problems were and said, "How can I fix that?" And so that's where Plum came around. I fixed it in my own business, went to Plum, and then I said, "Okay, how can I sell more without actually having to sell anything?" And that was where we started using brokers a lot more and pushing our business to them. And so if I think about employees on a, a, if I want to have this massive property shop, well, if I have, I I don't know, I think I have about four thousand acres for sale right now across the country. All of those have a broker assigned to it. I'm not having to pay them just to try to find ads. That's their job. They're paid for performance at the end. So that's not payroll I'm carrying. So the question becomes is how do I increase my funnel and have more properties come in? And so that's where Peyton comes in. She can handle more mail than me because that's her sole job to focus on it while I'm working on these other layers of the business. But then you have Plum, which is partnership deals where I'm funneling into that. And then you have the different pieces that come into it. So it's it all looks as like the the... The a funnel coming in, and what can I do to increase that the size in the middle that throughput, so I have more deals, more profit at the end, and hopefully building up a cash reserve that enough feels like enough when I think it's enough. If that makes sense.
0: Well, I I would encourage you as as a friend. You know, I think at some point you got to draw the line. Yeah. And something has to go. I know for me, as I'm seriously looking at this self storage stuff, like I'm I'm raising my minimum. For financial planning clients, like just knowing I only have so much time in, in my world with which to meet with people. And there, there's probably a point coming that I don't take on any more clients and I just keep who I have. You know, I know I need to get more staff in place to take more stuff off of my plate, even in my financial planning business, like here with Robbie looking at having them do some trading and helping to manage the models, which is something I've been entirely doing on my own. So I have to free that time in order to dedicate towards something new, or I just get to the point. Where it's like you know what? I just want to focus on my health and have fun, and <laughs> not not have to work as hard. So I think that's that's how I'm going about answering the question. I would just encourage you keep doing what you're doing. I I love your heart. You know, there's there's a lot of people in this business of which I would point the finger at a at a Mark Podolsky or or people like that. That you know, they really. Some of what they say is absolutely true, but other parts of it is like, you're totally lying through your teeth or not really revealing the whole enchilada of what goes into this. And what I appreciate about you is you're blunt with people and just like, hey, here's where I'm at. Here's what this is about. You can be in or out, you know, I'll love you either way. And uh, I appreciate that about you, sir. And because uh, I try as best as I can to be someone of that character, and uh, I just admire so much of what you've you've been able to build up. And obviously, you don't have to do all this extra crap that you're doing, but um, God bless you for going after it. And thank you for uh, for for being a great shining example. And I encourage everyone to check you out on your podcast, Casual Fridays, REI. Check you out on. On uh, Plum, if they need deal funding, or of course participating in uh, in these these new programs that you're doing for accredited investors. And once again, where where can people find you and and find out about that
1: program? Yeah, if you're if you're looking for us on uh, uh, for the accredited investor side, it's pastureholdings.com, which you'll go through the portal there and you'll see all the offerings that we have. You'll see some examples. You'll get to see the team. Um, You know, it's it's good to have a solid team around you. And uh, you you say always say that I'm the uh, not the smartest in the room. And I try not to be because I, I like to have people that understand around me. But uh, I also have this strong belief in there's power in the herd. And by that, I mean that we have the ability to look at the group around us. It may not be, you know, all the, the smartest guys in the world. But when you you're, you come from a blue collar background, you look at who builds America and the talents that they just don't even realize they have some time. And are, for me, I've taken the thought process of, if I can put my mind to work and help you know put these people that have built these things in place and they can and, and get them in the right position and we can watch beautiful things happen and they don't even realize that they're creating beauty they just they're doing what they do on day in and day out and it's it's fun when it finally clicks and they get to see that they're they're changing lives around them so for me that's what it is but pastureholdings.com uh, is the a, the SEC fund casual Friday's REI.com is our podcast that we have every Friday so easy to get a hold of me. Love it. Love it. Justin, thank you so much for hanging out, buddy. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. All right, my friends, I wrapped up
0: another podcast of the Freedom Formula for Physicians. Always remember, slash your debt, slash your taxes, and live a liberated lifestyle. Well, thank you, my friends, so much for listening to the last podcast. I am pleased to announce that I am now a completely independent financial advisor, where to the point now I can really integrate my financial planning practice with this podcast. If you might be looking for help, if you have found any of our information here interesting or relevant and you're looking for a second opinion. Now for some lovely legal disclosures required by our lawyer friends. Investment advice is only offered in jurisdictions where Centurion Financial Strategies LLC, Centurion is appropriately registered or exempt from registration. Our Form ADV Part 2 brochure can be obtained free of charge at advisorinfo.sec.gov. By searching for our firm name, its unique CRD number, which is three one six four five four. This podcast is not a solicitation to provide advisory services in any jurisdiction in which we are not appropriately registered in the SUV registration. The information, statements, and opinions contained in this podcast have been obtained from or are based on information obtained from sources which we believe to be reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of such information. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as personalized investment, tax, or legal advice. Opinions expressed by any guest are their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the firm's views. You should carefully consider your own financial circumstances and needs prior to making any investment in securities or purchasing any insurance products. As always, past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing in securities or really anything else involves the risk of loss. If by some chance in this particular podcast I mentioned insurance products, insurance products are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. It may be subject to restrictions, limitations, and early withdrawal fees, which vary by issue. You should always consider the charges, risks, expenses, and investment objective of any insurance products before entering a contract. And that, my friends, wraps it up. Wish you all the best. Feel free to contact us with any info at www.DavidDeniston.com. Thank you so much, and have a good one. Bye-bye.